The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. So is it possible to actually be joyful all the time? This is a question that I really want to talk about today. And I know that it's been a strange and tough couple of years and that's left a lot of us feeling depleted, depressed, isolated, and really disconnected from a lot of the things that make us happy. Good thing we have Lisa McCourt, who is the host of the Joy School podcast and global seminar series. And she's been helping people learn how to raise their joy set points for a long time, regardless of what's happening around them. And it's such a fascinating thing because joy is something we can actually learn. We can train ourselves to feel more joy and have the corresponding uplifting shifts on our energy as we do that. And Lisa really offers like a unique approach to joy and emotional wellness that we, I don't know, we need it so, so badly right now. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Lisa, I'm so excited to play with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to talk about this. And I have to say like years and years ago, I don't know when, it was probably my late 20s, people started and I heard somebody talking about joy, like, you know, she was like, a, she called herself a joyologist. She was doing something like you are you were doing. And it kind of pissed me off. I was like, what? Like, you can be happy. I'm like, so entrenched in feeling miserable. And I felt super like threatened and cranky. It made me cranky to think about joy. Oh, my God. Fortunately, I've come a long way. But <laughs> what do you think? Is that something that people get pissed off about? Absolutely. I love that so much. And especially now, it's like, you know, there's so much to drag our vibration down. There's so much that feels so important to focus on and keep our eye on that it it just feels downright frivolous to think about your joy or, you know, it feels selfish. Like, how could I be joyful when the whole world is going up in a big, like, crap fest bonfire? And the truth, of course, which we all know, is that all we can do to contribute to the crap fest is to elevate our own vibration. Elevating our own vibration is going to spill out on our little immediate circle and from there and from there and from there and just ripple. And I know that you, sister, talk about how that energy just emanates from every being out there. So yeah, it really is more important than ever, more imperative than ever that we take care of our own joy and our own vibration because that's the only way we're going to be able to contribute meaningfully to what's going on. Yeah, I love that. Were you always a joyful person or did you have to do the work to get there? No, no. If I had always been a joyful person, I would have just thought that that's, you know, the norm. No, I was not. I think that it's possible 
that I looked like a joyful person. I think I learned that skill really early on to just be that chameleon that whatever the person in front of me wants me to be, whatever's going to be most pleasing to them, I could like morph into to that and always with a smile and, and never, ever, ever let anyone know what's going on underneath that because, you know, where I, where I came from, my upbringing, that was dangerous. So, you know, I had to always be pleasing, always be, um, you know, the, this person that, that is, is doing the part everyone expects them to do. So it took me a long time to accrue all of the, the tools that I've, I've got in my toolbox now for being authentically joyful. Big, big, big difference between looking joyful and being authentically joyful. Yeah, you know, like years ago, I got a tattoo on my forearm right where I could see it. And it says bliss on it because I really needed to like to actually tattoo that it on, you know, like where I could see it all the time to remind myself that it's a choice. And it doesn't right? piss you off now to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. It's a good now. I'm, now I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, right. Okay. I forgot for a minute. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm past my pissed off days, fortunately. But so if joy is a choice, well, let's let's back up even a little bit more. Like what actually is joy? Like, what is it? Yeah. So I think you're right. You know, when you opened this, you said, like, can anybody really be joyful all the time? It depends on how you define joy, for sure, right? Like, nobody can be happy all the time. We're not meant to be mm -hmm. happy all the time. We have this, mm. this host of human emotions that come natural to us human creatures. And the point about joy that I like to make in joy school is that all of the natural human emotions can have an undercurrent of joy to them because joy is a freedom feeling. It's a rightness right where we are in our skin. Grief can have a clarity and a, a joy undercurrent. Anger can, sadness can. All of these emotions are just natural things that we're meant to feel. And all of our suffering around them comes from resisting them, denying them, repressing them, judging ourselves for feeling them. So when we get just so self-honoring with every emotion right where it is, then that's mm. how we maintain a higher joy set point. And we're still going to have fluctuations for sure. The set point is where we come to as a resting state. We all have a level of joy that we're just comfortable with based on really long, long, long ago programming that we created mm. for ourselves when we didn't have the emotional bandwidth to create any better. And that becomes our norm, our resting point. So it's not like we're not going to have good days and bad days, but our resting point can be substantially bumped up. Wow, that's super cool. I love what you said about joy being like sort of allowing yourself the freedom to authentically feel your feelings and not suppress them or try to be somebody that you're not. I think even when life is hard or it's gritty or, you know, there's just it's chewy, there's there is that sort of life force energy. Is joy about the kind of like this vitality or this life force energy that runs through us when we really let ourselves be who we really are? It is. Yes, it is. So what we do in Joy School is get really clear in the recognition that we all have two two aspects of us. It's been called, you know, your ego, your persona, your psyche versus your soul or spirit. I've always used terms that I learned from Eckhart Tolle about 20 years ago. He doesn't even use this lexicon anymore. But when I was deep dive studying Eckhart Tolle, he talked about the horizontal self versus the vertical self. 
So the horizontal self, we're all really familiar with our horizontal selves as our name, all the ways that we identify ourselves, family positioning, job titles, all these different adjectives we have for ourselves. And we're all super identified with that. That's just where the human race is at this point in time. And we all have the vertical self, which is, of course, the deeper eye, the soul, the part of us that's eternal, that doesn't wear the meat sack, that's genderless, timeless. And that part of us is joy and love and compassion. Every single person walking the planet has that part of us. That's joy, love, and compassion. Mm -hmm. So most of the work we do in joy school, which is, you know, cutting it from a lot of different angles, but it's to bring the vertical self more into the forefront of our lives while letting the horizontal self fall a little bit more in the background. We're not ever going to get rid of the horizontal self. It's our orientation in the world that's kind of important. And and we can get a lot Mm -hmm. of of joy and fun and juice out of that part of us, too. So it's not like we want to shut it down. We just want to put it in its proper place behind the vertical self right so we don't we want to shift uh, the focus of our identity from that horizontal self to the vertical self the horse you need the horizontal self to like go into the store and buy a gallon of milk (laughs) you know it's like that part of us that's functional in the world i don't know mine's sort of cranky that's what i've decided (laughs) do you love that about her because as long as you love that about her who cares she can be like adorably cranky and just like delight you all day with her crankiness (laughs) and my my vertical self is definitely way more joyful thank god so like what do we do like i know you you teach some really specific technologies and processes to help us make that transition so how do we what do we do yeah, well, the, the technologies, it's you know harder to do online. I have some technologies that I have you know when I'm in person with people, but it's mostly a, um, it's, it's, I hate to say this part because people don't like it, but what I've really come around to is it's kind of a lengthy process, right? I used to mm-hmm. teach eight week workshops. I, I had, you know, weekend retreats. I had all these, you know, like, come, I'm gonna teach you how to be joyful. There you go, go back to your life, be joyful now. And I really realized it it takes a little bit more than that. So all of my Mm -hmm. trainings now are ongoing. You can do it for a year or any any part of that that you want. It's a month-by-month basis. But it's really about the application of the tools, right? So the tools aren't that different from things that we've, you know, heard about plenty of times before being, uh, you know, the, the... grounded in the present moment, cultivating the capacity for awe, uh, the, the ability to, to flow flexibly and you know be less reactive to the situations in our lives. There are, there are a host of spiritual and metaphysical tools that I've gathered from different gurus and teachers over the past two decades that it really becomes about the application of the tools. My book that comes out next year is a happiness handbook for a year of vibration elevation. It's called Do Joy Now Despite It All. Because I really realized that if I could have like, I mean, I'm, I'm all about the results. I want people to go have a dramatically different life. I know that's possible because I did it and I've you know, done it with a lot of my joy schoolers. And if I could have written a book saying, you know, here's, you can learn it in a month, go have a different life. I would have, but it's just, it takes a while because every tool can't be glossed over. Every tool has to be brought into day-to-day life. And, you know, at the, in my joy school, I have support groups where we come back and talk about our application of it. And um, it's just a habit. We have, we're, we're habituated yeah. to be divorced yes. from our vertical selves. To and be miserable and cranky. Yeah. We're habituated to be miserable and cranky. 
Nope, nobody thinks habits are easy to break, but can they be broken? Absolutely. It takes commitment yeah. and diligence. You're so funny that with your cranky. Sense. I'm seeing it. I'm calling BS on your cranky. You have like a veneer of cranky and you love it, I think. I do sometimes. I don't think you're truly cranky deep down. No, I'm not truly cranky deep down, but, but I do feel that sort of habitual, like, you know, like low key depression or miserableness it's not really depression it's like miserableness melancholy actually I'm, I'm i'm truthfully way more melancholy than i am cranky but i think that's right I, I love what you're saying about the habit and i'm sure that things like your joy school and your and your upcoming book help kind of create a container because i i feel like we we need somebody to hold that frequency for us for a long time in a group you know and, and somebody like you who's like really embodied those principles so that we have like when we kind of slip back into miserable crankiness we can be like oh yeah i'm going to i'm going to strive for that higher frequency and resonate and get inside of a group or read your book that helps us resonate with that frequency again yeah, so, yeah. and you know melancholy can be a really beautiful high vibe frequency too you know it's, it's all about sort of like starting with just loving whatever's there and finding the beauty in that and that releases whatever resistance you have around your melancholy. And then it's just like, oh, I'm not even trying, but look, I'm shifting into a little little more joy today because we're not fighting against the melancholy anymore. I think melancholy can be gorgeous. Think of all the, the poets and artists who've leaned on their melancholy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because, you know, when I, like I started my life sort of as a psychic and an energy medicine practitioner and I do a lot of like opening the chakras, you know, and I used to think like when I would open my heart chakra, I would feel that happy happiness all the time. But I think what it is, is joy. And it and it's a little bittersweet in a way like that for me anyway, that like that feeling of when you hold a brand new baby or you see like a gorgeous sunset and you're not sure if you're going to laugh or cry. It's kind of like those tears of joy, like tears. That's what it is for me. Like I know when I'm really there, that's how I feel. That's when we're alive, right? Those are those yeah. awe moments I'm, I'm talking right. about. And and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you choose mm-hmm. to be, you know, more of a, a, a fluffy, happy vibe, you can make that choice and you can go that way. But there's nothing wrong with with being alive in that capacity, just feeling the, the depth and poignancy. And, I mean, just what you do, you've got to be such a sensitive being for that. And sensitive beings are, are going to feel the big feels, all of them right you don't want to shut that down about yourself no no and especially as an intuitive i feel like it's our feelings that really guide the way you know so when we shut down our feelings because we don't want to feel certain feelings that's usually what we do we kind of shut down our overall life force energy and our intuitive nature so i would imagine that living a joyful life is also living a very intuitive life does it work out that way you know, it's, it's so funny. I think um, you and I talked about this when we last spoke. I never thought of myself in those terms. I've always been around intuitives. I have a, a big Hay House family from when I did the Hay House book, and a lot of them are very gifted psychics. I always thought that's something that belongs to other people, though I've heard y'all say a million times, everybody's intuitive. You know, I just like, you know, oh, yeah, 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 everybody's intuitive, but like, you guys really got it. Like, I don't. <laughs> and just this year, I've been working with an intuitive guide and, and it's like blown my mind. Like, Oh, really? I could have been like doing this all along. Like, like I've, I've really opened up to that, 
belief and understanding that we all have this natural ability. So I wouldn't say necessarily joy and intuitive ability go go hand in hand. I think you can be, um, you know, plenty joyful and high vibe without that, or at least without claiming that. I think on some level, it, it bringing the vertical self forward opens up intuitive yeah. abilities for sure. So Absolutely. in that respect. Yes, we're, we're, we're kind of talking about the same thing there when you talk about accessing that part of you that has all the answers. And I'm talking about accessing that part of you that's pure joy and love and compassion. It's the same part. So mm. there will mm-hmm. be, I guess, a, a natural correlation there. But I'm, I'm new to figuring that out, truthfully. Mm. So cool. Well, I can't wait to, to find out where you take, you know, where you take it because I feel like it's connected. That's my, I wonder if it's connected. But let's talk about your new book. When's that coming out? Fall 2023, so not for a little bit. I'm, I'm just now putting finishing touches on it to get it to the publisher. But yeah, it was like, it went through a couple of different iterations as most books do. But when I, when I was really feeling into titles, there was that tagline, despite it all, that I just kept hearing in my head. So it's do joy now, despite mm-hmm. it all, because I yeah. really do feel like, and that's something that's addressed a lot in the book, is, is how um, I use a lot of my friends and teachers. I think I have something from you in there that you'll see when it uh, comes <laughs> through that you said on my podcast. So I, I pull in so many um, of my super wise colleagues and friends. And a lot of them have written really poignantly about, you know, this, just the craziness of these times and why it's so important. You know, it was um, Geta, I said, who I think who said, if, if we all swept our own doorstep, the whole world would be clean. It's like, we just mm-hmm. got to work on our own doorstep. That's, that's the piece right. that we've got, that we've got control over. And this is sort of a daily practice for a year, this book? It's weekly, yeah. There, so every weekly. month has a theme, and there is something that you go take into your life every week, and some sort of application tips and strategies and suggestions, so that it becomes a, a very solidly rooted understanding that builds in what I think I've determined to be the right time frame to really let each. We, we call it kerklunk in Joy School. It's like that, that spiritual concept idea that we've heard a thousand times and we've completely had intellectually filed away for years, but then it goes kerklunk into like your heart space where you're mm. changed by it and it changes the default way that you react to outside influences. It changes your chemical reaction to the external world where it changes everything. That's what I've, I've figured out after 20 years of teaching this really needs to happen is every step of the way it needs to be kerklunked and embodied you know for it to actually make a difference in your life that's noticeable and sustainable yeah I want to talk about juicy joy but let's take a quick break first okay Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. So we are here with Lisa McCourt and her incredible books, Juicy Joy and her upcoming book, Do Joy Now. So let's talk about Juicy Joy. 
And I love that title. Might be the best book title ever. Ah! <laughs> Makes me want to run out there and buy and just buy that book and like eat it for lunch. <laughs> That's the whole alliteration thing and... You know, I, I think I thought I was conveying more than I actually conveyed with Juicy Joy. I was when I write about the the juice part. It's about like, but we started this podcast talking about how it's the the richness of embracing all of the emotions, and you know, to my mind at that time, that's what juicy like con- connoted. But I don't know that that comes across, or it just sounds like a fun title. <laughs> no, it does to me because like juicy feels like I don't know. There's a certain feeling about that word like it's like rich it's life-giving it's nourishing it's delicious it's fun it has like a lot of those connotations but what 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 is a juicy joy like and how do we get it that's what Mm. I want to know yeah well the the book that we've been talking about the new book is I think just a 10 years later 10 years wiser version of juicy joy Mm -hmm. so a lot of the the basic premises are the same things i've been teaching for you know the the 20 years prior and that was 10 years prior to the juicy joy book so it's still about bringing your vertical self to the foreground i don't think i i call it that in juicy joy but it's definitely about allowing yourself the full expression of all of your your emotions Mm -hmm. because we're taught so much from an early age to stuff repress judge different emotions and there's all this evidence now that it's chemically stored within our tissues i mean there are like lots of of people who speak of the science of that much more articulately than I could do. So I'll leave it to them, but it's science. It's like verifiable science that these um, emotions create a chemical cocktail within our body chemistry. And when we suppress them, shut them down, don't allow ourselves to process them the way we're meant to do, it gets stored in our, our tissues and our bodies and in our energy field. So a lot of clearing that out is, Wherever we have that stored, there's a spe- special like flavor of bad feeling that it's going to keep poking us in our external environment, right? We're going to be triggered right. by things in our external world that match that frequency. And when we can get really cognizant of that system and say, ooh, that's that feeling. Oh, that must be. And I've been repressing that for probably my whole life. And then when we can have that compassion around it and the, mm. the, the thoughts that create those feelings are basically based in bullcrap stuff that we made up when we were really young. We have like a lot of understanding about that in joy school. And, but the feelings are not, the feelings are real because the feelings are chemical creations that our bodies made. So we have to honor the feelings, love the feelings, give the feelings the room to, to flow and have compassion around them while understanding that the, the beliefs, the feelings are based in are not true. Right. And that helps to clear it out all that stuff Mm. that we store away. Yeah, that's so good. And I love, you know, clearing it out of the body, clearing it out of the nervous system. So for me, I think it's a lot connected to my nervous system, to my fight or flight response, you know, and what triggers me, like that's all like that preconditioning, you know, the early conditioning that we get around it. And and I, I was thinking about this too, that there's sort of like a lot of, like I'm from New England, right? And here in New England, like all the Puritans, really had like a lot of judgment about joy, you know, and a lot of fear about joy. It's like, if you were happy, God's going to strike you down somehow. You know what I mean? Or like, it's, it's sort of bad to be happy. (laughs) We don't, it's bad luck. You don't say that you're happy. You don't, you know, or like somehow it's going to attract bad things to you. Do you feel like we're culturally conditioned against feeling joy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that different 
areas, different cultures, different subgroups are going to have you know, different ways that they do it. But you just you know, think about the exuberation, the, 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 the jubilation rather of a toddler, right? Like they take a bite of their spaghetti in the restaurant and they're so excited about how good their spaghetti is. They want to stand up in their chair and sing about it. And of course, you know, their parents are like, no, 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 shush. You know, don't don't be a disruption, be quiet, sit down. They get to that first day at the beach and they're so excited. They just want to run headlong down the beach, right down the shoreline. And somebody comes running after them. Stop. You can't do that. I mean, we're constantly conditioning our offspring to tone down the exuberance of who they are for their own good, because that's what parents do. And that's, you know, the most benign examples. And then there are, you know, far less benign kinds of things that happen to make us shut down our feelings, not, not feel that, um, you know, that, that we're worthy to have our feelings. Before a child has individuated, they think that everything that happens is because of them. So even mom and dad having a fight causes them to feel that bad energy and they think it's their fault because they haven't individuated yet as a, a separate human. And it's during that time that we make up all our rules and definitions about what is love, what are men, what are women, what are people, what is my place in the world, who am I? And all of those definitions, for most of us, are not not serving us because we just build the whole framework around that. We call them bucket beliefs in joy school because whatever that initial framework is, whatever we decide about the world, we're going to be programmed to find more evidence for that to put in our buckets. That's just how human awareness works. You you may have uh, we may have talked about this when I talked to you on the podcast, or um, you may have heard some of us say it during Jacob's things because a lot of us use this. But Joe Dispenza says there are 400 billion bits of information available to everybody in any given second, and our conscious human brains have only developed to take in and register about 50 bits of information. So there's like all this reality happening around every one of us, tons and tons of reality that we don't see through the keyhole of our perception filter that we created when we were really young based on these definitions that were bullshit, right. really. Bullcrap. Yep. So mm -hmm. that happens. And then we only see the things through our keyhole that match those original definitions. So we have to like do deliberate. We're building a case file. Right? We're building a case file on, uh, yeah, you know that that just corresponds with our belief, our already beliefs. Because we want to yeah. be right. We're so programmed to get it right and and to know what's what here. And nobody knows what's what in this crazy world. And like the more excited we get about that, the more joy. Because we're all so committed to whatever I decided and said and stated as my position. I have to shore that up continually. I have to make sure I'm right because that gives us this false sense of safety. That's just an illusion anyway. Right. Wow. Let's talk about joy school. Like who doesn't want to go to joy school? Where do I sign up? A lot and of what's people. In <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people don't want to go to joy school. I always say I've been so blessed because I seem to attract like just the right people. You would think I'd have a bunch of but miserable, like people looking for joy. I'm selling joy, right? But, but miserable people really aren't interested in learning joy. They're, they're, they're committed to, to what they got going on. They don't think it's possible. They think it's, you know, silly. Frivolous so or bad yeah, to be happy. Yeah, exactly. So mm -hmm. the, the people that I attract all seem to be like around the block a few times with some sort of like spiritual practice or metaphysical understanding. And just where they've realized 
I think that up-leveling my joy would up-level all these external circumstances that I'm complaining about. And I think that it's possible and it's all about vibration. And all you need is that little tiny, tiny bit of an understanding to come into joy school and have it be really powerful for you. But, but no, it's not, no, it's not everybody. I've always heard like that joy is like the highest vibration we can have, like right up there with love, you know, and, and hope and faith and those other super high ones. So that makes sense to me when you said, you know, if people ask, how do I raise my vibration? Finding living more in joy is a really great answer to that. Yeah, we, we kind yeah. of equate the two. It's sort of sort of the same thing. Yeah, I, I often say joy and love are kind of kind of interrelated related. Mm-hmm. You can't really have one without the other. And it really is, it's such a cliche, I hate to utter the word, but it really is like a foundation of self-love. If we have self-love, we have joy because it's just appreciating that part of every one of us that is deserving of that love because we are that love. And, you know, that takes some repetition of that for it to really kerklunk for people. But once we get that, like how lovable each of us is innately, Mm. it's hard not to be in joy. (laughs) I love that. That's beautiful. I know for me, joy is a lot about having a sense of humor. And, and sort of a cosmic, ironic kind of way. Like, I'm pretty sure God had a big sense of humor. <laughs> and, and it's hard. It would be hard for me to feel joy if I didn't see kind of the... I've never been able to... Like, the cosmic humor in the bullcrap show that we're in right now. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think about that? Do we need a little humor to feel that kind of joy? I love that perspective. And yeah. <laughs> a little appreciation of cosmic irony. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I know exactly what you mean. I think I get your sense of humor, but it doesn't even have to be that sophisticated. I think everybody's got their own sense of humor. And as long as you're cracking yourself up on a day-to-day basis with whatever your brand of humor is, then that's joy. So yeah, I think we do have to be able to find the humor in the chaos. And that's going to look different for all of us, depending on our own sense of humor. But I like yours a lot. (laughs) So Lisa, how do we find your books and how do we get into joy school? You can't find the new book until fall of 23. The old book, Juicy Joy, is on Amazon. It's a a Hay House book from about 10 years ago. And it's got good stuff in it. I always like kind of poo-poo it because I want people to to, like wait for the new book. But I mean, it's got, it, it helped a lot of people. So I'm really grateful for that book. And everything I've written in between has been ghostwriting. So that's the the most recent thing you can get in this genre. I've written some kids' books since then because I've done kids' books since before I was even writing spiritual books for adults. So those are all available on Amazon. I Love You, Stinky Face is my my classic bestseller, and it's got 10 sequels in the last 20 years. So Joy School is at my name, lisamccourt.com. And we have an ongoing community. You can join at any time. It can be month to month or a lot of people have been there for years and some are brand new. We have some coming in all the time. I have different groups that, that meet once a week, you know, depending on, um, you know, what, what's a good time and, and what, what's working for you. When this airs, I believe I will have the January workshop online. That's something that we just started talking about it. It may be offered through Institute for Creative Living where you and I connected, Lisa. It may be just a a joy school where we're still working out details for that. But there'll be some one-off workshops starting in January of of 23. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you for being you. Thank you for bringing your beautiful joy to the world. And thank you for being here today with us. Thank you for being you. Love you, sister. 
Yeah, I love you too. And I don't know, I'm going to sign in for joy school. I think I need a little bit of that, but I would love your oh. faux, faux curmudgeon the energy <laughs> and joy school. We'd have so much fun with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be so fun. All right. And thanks all of you guys for listening. If you want to find me, you can find me at lisacampion.com. I hope you come by and visit. I work with psychics, healers, and empaths to help them train their gifts because I think the world needs all the healers they can get now more than ever. And we're going to work on helping you all feel more joyful too. And thank you for being us with us here today where we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind Body Spirit FM. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.